Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we are back for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your professional football podcast, NFL for right now, XFL when it comes out. We'll probably be talking about XFL and a lockout because, like last week, we talked about there might be an NFL lockout when the XFL debuts. It's like three years from that now. We'll be all right. But, Mark, it is a fun, fun time of the year because we're doing it a week early than last year to give us some more room when the actual news comes out before the season. But we are now in team preview mode where we'll be going through all the division. I don't know about you. I love this time of the year where we get to spend each week looking at the different teams from each division throughout our entire beautiful NFL league. Well, it's a good way to start feeling like we're almost playing football again, right? (laughs) Mark's like, we don't have to have those topics where it's like, why are we talking about that? Oh, that's right. It's the offseason, and we really have nothing to talk about, like the Jets hiring Peyton Manning. That was something everyone jumped on because, oh, my God, it's the offseason. Well, like I said, relating to what we're talking about today— Big news in Packerland. Oh, the head coach tore his, his Achilles, but it's not going to stop him. He's going to be okay. <laughs> no, duh, he's the coach. It doesn't matter if he's got a torn Achilles. He can roll around on a wheelie chair. And as Mark just said, we are going to be diving into the NFC North today. Before we get into everything, make sure to check us out on patreon.com backslash Podcast. $1 tier, you get the MVP podcast a month earlier. I think we're getting to the date. About 11 days from now, episode 2 will be posted for everyone, and then episode 3 will be on our Patreon page. You can get that for as low as a dollar. You also get into our Discord server. Like things Jake and I today in the Discord, we're talking a little bit about wrestling and NXT and WWE. We talk about basketball in there, comic book stuff. It's a lot of basketball stuff. talk on there. It, honestly, if some of you football <laughs> fans can get in there so I don't have to listen to all this basketball talk, that'd be great. That'd I mean, be wonderful. It, there were some football talk first, but then it goes right back to basketball. But it always gets buried, and then it's like 50 new comments. Exactly. I scroll, oh, football, and football's gone. Exactly. And I know Dave has said, like, well, you can at people. I find it more confusing if it's like, wow. Retro said, or not retro, it was Soapy, said mm-hmm. something like 20 minutes ago, and then people started having a basketball conversation. It was when the Last of Us one. I was like, yeah. in this basketball conversation, I would feel weird if it was like, all right, I start adding Soapy, and we just start having our own right. conversation. Can we go, can we go back a little bit, uh, everybody? <laughs> Hold on, let me back topic right now. Um, yeah. I know Davis said we can add channels, but we'll get there, and that's how we get there with you guys joining our Discord at the bronze level, and then as high as the gold level tier, where you get to join a podcast and talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. That is a $10 a month tier. Go check out patreon.com backslash Podcast in the description. But Mark, 
This year for the previews, I want to change it up a little bit, so how we do it. So we're going right. to keep the same thing of worst to first. So this year's order, if I am not mistaken, mm-hmm. is going to be Lions, Packers, Vikings, Bears. Correct. And this... But it's going to be Lions, Packers, Vikings, big long pause, <laughs> Chicago Bears. Big long pause, Chicago yeah. Bears. But Way in front. What I'm going to do here at the start is kind of mm-hmm. set everything up. Um, and I've got a few things to kind of set up things. We'll start with the Lions because that's who we're going to look at. Um, over free agency, they've had a pretty active offseason so far. Where they bring in C.J. Anderson on a one-year deal. They bring Danny Amendola in on a one-year deal. Their big signings um, were Trey Flowers on the defensive line. They bring in Justin Coleman in the secondary. Jesse James, um, a tight end. Their first-round pick, T.J. Hawkinson, coming in. So now they've got two tight ends. This is a team that defensively last year was not horrible. Yards per game, they were they gave up what? 10th. They were ranked 10th in yards per game. When it came to points per game, they gave up about 22, which was dead even in the entire league. However, it was the offense that struggled last year where they were near the bottom in yards per game last season, 24th out of the entire league, and they only averaged 20 points per game, which was 25th of the entire league. I want to start on that side of the ball because of those struggles. The defense seems to be pretty good, With and I know they're adding Coleman, I know they're adding Trey Flowers to this Matt Patricia team, but what can this offense do in 2019 to be better than it was last year? It's interesting. So I, I think they did... The right things, and that's kind of my summary of the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. uh, for the for this whole preview for predictions and everything is they did all the right things on paper. The real question is going to, I think, come down to Matt Patricia, and if he really is a real deal head coach, or if he's like almost every other Bill Belichick, you know, mm-hmm. coach, uh, every other tree. disciple of Bill. Belichick. Yeah, exactly. That they don't really work out mm-hmm. because they already have Galladay. They go in to get Marvin Jones. They get Danny Amendola to give uh, Matthew Stafford some more weapons. They get an awesome pick. Uh, was it maybe sooner than you would have liked? Sure, but they weren't going to get TJ Hawkinson in the second round. Guarantee mm-hmm. that. Um, so they get him as a tight end position. They got Jesse James as well, who's a good but inconsistent tight end. Um, and their, their running back scenario, it's... It's fine. It's not amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's fairly average. Uh, so they've got offensively pretty much everything they need. Do I sit there and say, yeah, they could use a guy like Megatron? Well, duh. They could totally use a guy like Megatron. Uh, but they don't have that. Uh, Galladay was really good last year. Marvin Jones is a decent pickup. Danny Amendola, um, I think, is an interesting kind of dynamic to have to the offense as well. Uh Stafford's got his options. Mm-hmm. Could the run game be better? Sure. But he's got his options of what to to work with. The question still is going to come down to Matt Patricia on that because this is all set up. You can be successful. There's no doubt about that. The question is, are you going to be able to call good offenses? Are you going to be able to game plan correctly? Is he going to be able to not just be the guy that has a pretty good defense, uh, 
he's got to be able to make this offense actually happen. Well, and that's the thing where the biggest change this season for the Lions that I think is going to be very important, and I kind of look at the running back situation with this, mm-hmm. is they have a brand new OC this year. They bring in Daryl uh, Bevel, Bevel. Um, who was the offensive coordinator with the Seahawks, when they won their Super Bowl. He was 2011 to 2017. This past year kind of took the year off. Now he's back in football, and he's the OC of the Detroit Lions. To me, I wonder how that is going to fit with this team because you mentioned the running situation, and that to me is the most important part because with Bevel, who did he have to lean on in that offensive system? Not just having Russell Wilson as your quarterback, but they had beast mode. They had Marshawn Lynch. They had pretty much the guy of all guys to be your running back unless it was on the goal line in the Super Bowl. We all know how that happens. So, I mean, on paper in the coaching staff, the Lions should be set up for success. I know with Matt Patricia, the question is still there. Is he going to be a Bill Belichick disciple that actually pans out? Or will he be like a Josh McDaniels where it was like, whoa, situation wasn't good. I'm going to go back and just be an OC because I'm better that way and my job security is better in that situation. But with the running backs, I feel like this has to be a big year for Carryon Johnson. Last year only played 10 games, got the second most carries because LeGarrette Blount got the most carries because he played all 16 games. But Carryon Johnson in 10 games had just over – 600 yards, almost got to that 650 mark. Averaged a good, if you're in that five to six yards per carry, you're good. The question is for me, can Kerryon Johnson play a full 16-game season this year? And how are the Lions going to interspell with C.J. Anderson, who helped the Rams a lot last season, especially down the stretch as Todd Gurley got injured, got the yips, we don't really know what was going on with Todd Gurley. It was never really explained. It was Mm -hmm. just like, what happened to Todd Gurley? But they also have guys on this team like Zach Zenner, like Theo Riddick, who helped this team a year ago in the run game. The thing that's interesting to me is to to talk about Bevel because it's important Mm -hmm. Um, because that's really going to be kind of the identity here uh, for this offense, I assume. I, I would assume this is a little bit of a... You kind of handle that. I'll be over here kind of scenario. Kind of like how Bill has Josh where it's like you and Tom handle that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like you and Matt handle that. I'll handle the defense. Yeah, and, and I think that the thing that scares me is who – and you get into it a little bit. Who on this running back uh, depth here, mm-hmm. who's Marshawn Lynch? I would feel like – so if we're talking actual player – there is no player in their running back that is exactly. beast mode. But Kerryon Johnson has to be that guy of, all right, you're the number one. Yeah, it would be nice if he was. Yeah. But the thing for Bevel is he was incredibly successful on this mm-hmm. team with Pete Carroll when they had a lot of really young players because they mm-hmm. drafted really, really well. So they were able to stack this team with all-stars. Um, and they had Marshawn Lynch. Honestly, that's really what it really was. I mean, Russell Wilson's an amazing quarterback, but they had Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. When they didn't have Marshawn Lynch, that offense really was not the same. And Russell Wilson, uh, he's one of those guys that he will put the team on his back to. Uh, 
And he did. He did for a while, but we saw the fall off of this team. And part of it, of course, was, you know, things with wide receivers as well. And also not having a good offensive line. But we saw a lot of this kind of falling off. And I wonder, with the success that Daryl Bevel had when they won a Super Bowl against Denver, um, is a lot of that part of the, because of the defense? Yes. But is a lot of the offense's success uh, because of Marshawn Lynch? Remember that this was the team, it was either them or the 49ers pretty much every year for the team that threw the ball the least mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, they did not want to throw the ball because they had such a great ground and pound. I know this is the black and blue division here of the NFC North, but it's not a ground and pound type of team because of an amazingly uh, talented and amazingly paid quarterback like Matthew Stafford going and trying to get your wide receivers. Your running backs aren't anything that is that amazing to me mm-hmm. where that's just my only question with the Daryl Bevel thing of like yes I get it that they get him to kind of run the show but his success was with an all-star well and the thing that I also the only thing I'm going to throw out to kind of play devil's advocate to that is if I'm looking at what will Bevel bring to this Lions team mm-hmm. I'm looking at his last three years in Seattle 2015 2016 in 2017, and the reason why I'm doing that is, number one, 2015, Marshawn Lynch only played seven games. He started six, played seven. In 2016, wasn't on the team. 2017, he was in Oakland. So That's my point, though. Really, that's the thing of, that like— The offense was, has not been the same well, since Marshawn left. But I still look at that Seattle team, and that 2015 team was still a 10-6 and six team— with guys like they had Thomas Rawls that year, kind of taking up the mantle of, hey, I'm going to be the leading rusher. Did he have an 1,000-yard rushing season? No, but it was him followed by Marshawn Lynch in those seven games. Then they had Russell Wilson. 2016, they added that year Christine Michael had a pretty big year. It was him and Rawls at the top, which Detroit Lions fans are probably hoping that could be Carryon Johnson and C.J. Anderson. But 259 of those yards were Russell Wilson. And then the last year with Bevel was when they went, what was their record? They were 9-7, and so their Mm -hmm. worst record of the three, because 2016 they were 10-5-1 that Mm -hmm. year. The rushing totals were Russell Wilson led your team with 586, and then Eddie Eddie Lacy. That you can't have and you won't have with Matthew Stafford. Exactly, that's my point of... You, when you lose Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. the team's identity kind of falls apart, and they just happen to be so lucky is to have Russell Wilson, one of the most talented athletic quarterbacks in mm-hmm. the NFL. You don't have that with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback, but he's not Russell Wilson. He's not Cam Newton. He is not one of these guys who's going to beat you all the time with his legs. He's a pocket guy. He Exactly, and he's not the guy who is going to run around, do circles, run on this side, then he's going to go to that side, and now I, mean, I can sling it. He can bootleg and throw on the run, but he's not going to He's be, not Russell Wilson, though. Yeah, or he's not like what we kind of complain about Lamar Jackson. He's yeah. not that type of a quarterback. Well, no, but I mean, I, I just think of, look at Russell Wilson, and like I, I was joking around about it, but he goes... The line breaks down. He goes to the right. He's mm-hmm. all the way at that sideline. Yeah. He spins around. Now he's going to the left. Yeah. Now he's all the way on that sideline. Stafford, Stafford's just not going to do that. Exactly. 
And when you already don't have a good running game, mm-hmm. uh, it's not that it's a terrible run game. Like I said, it's just an average run game. It, it just makes me wonder, who's that player that's going to prop them up? Because mm-hmm. Russell Wilson propped up the Seattle Seahawks for a long time. And let's also remember that in 2016, 2017, this was still a pretty good defense. Yeah. Uh, they still had the remnants of the Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. uh, which is now completely gone. So there was still some things holding them up. I, I am not saying that Daryl Bevel can't be successful. The guy's a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He had some amazing times with uh, Seattle. What I'm just curious to see is, is that truly him? Or, or was that the pieces that they had? Exactly. Was it Pete Carroll put together a really impressive mm-hmm. team? Uh, through his ability to, you know, find young talent. And the thing I'm going to throw out there is, so the two years that I'm looking at, 2015 and 2016 for Seattle, that was the 10-6 and six and the 10-5-1 and one years. Um, in 2015, with Marshawn Lynch missing most of that season, they went on to the divisional round. They beat the Vikings. That was the one that they should have lost in the wild card game. Um, mm-hmm. The one that was that 10-9 to 9 kind of like, Blair Walsh, what the hell are you doing? Quit playing World of Warcraft and make well, a damn kick. I mean, it's um, a, it's, it's, what, it's what it is I'm with the Vikings. St- I'm still upset about that game. Um, I get it. With just, it's not like a bounty gate, but I'm just upset because we should have won that game. And then 2016, they made it to the divisional round also, losing to the Falcons after beating Detroit in the wild card game 26-6 to 6 that year. The last question I'll ask about the offense Mm -hmm. is, and this kind of also plays into the wide receiver question, because I believe still that Galladay, Kenny Galladay, is going to be their number one target, correct? It's going to be him and Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola, I'm assuming, is going to be their slot guy. With Daryl Bevels, or Bevel, do you think that Matthew Stafford, who I'll say had a down year last year, only had, I had his stats up here really quick, Going forty uh, 4,400 yards in 2017 to only 3,700 yards, and I'm rounding down for those two years, in 2018, is Bevels the type of OC that could get Matthew Stafford back up above that 4,000 passing mark? Kind of what we saw similar with Russell Wilson's stats when he really got cooking in the league with Bevel. Well, here's the thing. I mean, for for Bevel is it doesn't matter mm-hmm. when it comes to Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's only thrown less than four thousand yards three times. Mm-hmm. Rookie year when he played ten games. The next year when he got injured in like week three or week four, whenever that was, and then uh, 2018 when they fired the offensive coordinator because he was terrible. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter was not good, mm-hmm. um, and even so. You round it down, but really, I mean, you probably should have rounded up. Mm-hmm. He was only like 23 yards away from True. being 3,800 yards. So, so we'll say 4,500, one, one more game, he would have been a 4,000-yard passer again last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about him being that 4,000-yard passer. He's going to get there just fine. The, the question is, I don't necessarily know that they kind of, I don't think they really want that. Necessarily, though. I mean, they would love to have mm-hmm. a 4,000 yard passer, but I think they want to have more of that Russell Wilson style of, yes, he's a really good passer, but this run game is really nice. Mm-hmm. We don't need him to throw the ball that often. We got this really good run game. Yeah, and that's why, to me, I feel like because of the wide receiver situation that they have, because which is good, but not great. It's 
it's not great. And like like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, they don't have a Megatron out there. They traded Golden Tate away for obvious reasons. Like Galladay is your number one, and I know Detroit fans are gonna rally behind their guy. I just feel like the more this rushing attack can do for Detroit to take ease off of Stafford and the receivers. Also, I mean, we didn't mention them. I feel like there's a chance that TJ Hawkinson could be the leading receiver for the Lions this year. Like, I feel like because of, like, it'd obviously be between him and Galladay, but I feel like there's a chance he could step in and make an impact at the tight end position as that receiver in this Bevel offense. And kind of like the last thing I'm thinking about, and I know that for teams like this, it feels like we push it to the side and then quickly get it in at the end, but I'll throw it out there. What is your opinion on the defense? Because me, when I think of this defense, top 10 is good. Being a top 10 defense for yards per game is not a bad thing in this league. And you could see from their schedule last year, they really, like, the first two games, throw them out the window. They were just getting this Patricia Mm -hmm. defense lined up. You look at the last few games, like Green Bay, zero. Minnesota scored... 27, uh, Buffalo 14, Arizona 3, and then Los Angeles 30. Oh, funny. The two teams that one was a playoff team went to the Super Bowl. The other one was a game from making the playoffs were the two teams that scored the highest on you. This is a team also that when they kept the other team either around or below that 22 points per game that they averaged, they won that game. Usually when the team scored more than that 22, they lost the game. So for me to you, I'm kind of asking, is this defense just a, hey, do what you do last year and hope the offense will help you out this year? Or does this defense need to perform better than they did last year because of what we're talking about with the offensive side of the ball? I would hope they do actually perform better. Than like, last do they year? need to be the Chicago Bears of last year in order to be successful? Well, do they need to be the number one defense in the league? No, <laughs> they don't. Uh, you know, that's a little much of a comparison. But mm-hmm. do they need to perform better? Like, yeah, because, you, you know, you're talking about their yards, but it's not just the yards of it. It's also the fact that they gave up a little bit too too many points than you'd, than you'd want. Mm-hmm. This is a team that... What I would love to get out of them is I would love them to get more turnovers mm-hmm. because that's when the Matt Patricia offense, or I'm sorry, Matt Patricia defense in New England was so great, and that's what really got him you his can, job you was can the turnover. Your defense, your defense rested, and give your offense more opportunities to score with the rock. Exactly. So that's really what I think they they kind of need to become better at is getting more turnovers on this team um, because they were not in a good situation when it came to turnovers last Minus year. Minus five last year um, when it comes to differential. They were tied with Buffalo for 23. When it came to taking the ball away, they had 14 takeaways, which only one team had less than them, and that was San Francisco who had seven. Um, other than that, they gave the ball away then, obviously, 19 times because um, that's how math works. And that was for as good as tied for 11th 
um, when it came to giving it away. Seattle was mm-hmm. the least with 11. Um, so the one thing I'll throw out here at, here at the end is you'll notice the one thing, and this is the big change that I wanted to put in for these previews, we didn't mention anything about the schedule. The reason why is, number one, it's useless to pick games this early in the season. Other um, than fun. But number two, what we're going to do, and I forgot to throw this out at you. I hope you're okay with it, Mark. If you're not, tell me right now, and we won't do it. But at the very end, I was thinking, all right, kind of rapid fire. Here's the schedules for this division because they all have similar opponents. Who's got the hardest? Who's got the toughest? And then kind of like a five, ten-minute conversation. I'm kidding myself. More ten-minute conversation between the two of us about schedules so that we're not bogged down with that in the previews. I I don't know. I don't know. I think it's easier probably to just do it when we're talking about the team. Then I'll ask you right now. What mm-hmm. do you think about the schedule? I I think that all these NFC North teams have difficult schedules this year. Uh, and it's unfortunate for them. Like, yes, they're going to have some easy ones. You know, the Lions, they get to go to Arizona week one. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's not going to be ready yet. Um, but other than that, it's like, all right, they get to play the Raiders. Where's the gimme game? You know, you, you sit there and you say, okay, Raiders, Buccaneers, Arizona, literally every single other game on here is going to probably be tough. Yeah, because the two, the way the NFC North works is you get the division, then the NFC East this year, and the AFC West. Yeah. So really, if I'm the NFC North, and I am being a Vikings fan, and you are being a Bears fan, I'm looking at that going, shit, I got to play the Eagles, I got to play the Chiefs, I got to play the Cowboys. I mean, the Redskins were good last year, but they have a rookie quarterback, so I'll kind of take them away. Oh, and then I got to play my division. And for the Detroit Lions, shit, I got to play the Bears twice. I got to play the Vikings twice and then the Packers, which they're kind of a wild card. I think the easiest thing for the Lions is that the beginning of their schedule, their very first game, I think they got the best first game that they could have gotten. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's saying, oh, you have to go on the road to Arizona, but here we will give you a rookie quarterback to go against who has never been in the NFL. However, after that, the Chargers are tough, the Eagles are tough, the um, Chiefs are tough, and then you've got Green Bay and Minnesota after the bye. So I feel like this schedule for the Lions, they may may have the toughest of the division just because of how it's spaced out and who they've got to play where. Because if they lose a ton of games off the bat, they'll be playing catch-up mid-season into the late season. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, fortunately, some of their away games are against teams like the Raiders and, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals. That does help out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not going to be easy. So this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section, Lions fans. I feel like most of these are the, you don't know what you're talking about, our team's going to be great. Um, I mean, hey, we, we all have that kind of hope in the offseason that our team yeah. is going to be the best. So let us know what you guys are thinking about your team here in the offseason way early here in June. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic. And what we're looking at is the Green Bay Packers because this is our preview. So we're going right up the standings. If you missed our Lions preview for you on YouTube, make sure to go and check it out. Also, make sure to go on to Apple Podcasts. Can't say iTunes anymore um, because apparently Apple killed iTunes and it is poof, no more. Um, 
So go on to Apple Podcasts and rate the Onside Kick five stars. It really helps us out and gets us into the ears of more people. But just like we did for the Lions, I'll kind of set the table up for the Packers. Some big additions that they brought in in free agency. For the first one, Mark, cover your ears because they gave a four-year contract to Adrian Amos, um, safety coming over from Chicago. Mercedes Lewis is on a one-year deal. Um, Then they bring in the big two pass rushers of Preston Smith on a four-year deal. Zadaria Smith also on a four-year deal. Smith is 52, uh, or Preston is 52, Zadarius was 66 million, um, and their big time kind of draft picks as they had two of them in the draft in the first round getting Rashawn Gary and Ran- and, Dar- and Darnell Savage, almost said Randall Savage, um, Darnell Savage Jr. from Maryland. This is a team last year offensively, we know the worries with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Um, when we look at the actual rankings, though, they were 12th in yards per game last year. When it came to scoring the ball, they were 14th at about 23.5 per game. And then when we look at the defense, they only gave up, where are they, if I can find them here, Green Bay, 18 um, with 354 yards per game, and they gave up a total of... 25 points per game, which was good for 22nd overall. First thing I want to ask you is very clear. We're going to talk about Matt LaFleur because that was the big thing from the offseason. Mike McCarthy getting fired. Um, And before we get into what LaFleur means for Aaron Rodgers on the field, I want to ask you, can Matt LaFleur give Aaron Rodgers any tips about how to chug a beer? Because apparently at the Milwaukee Buck playoff games – Aaron Rodgers wanted no part of uh, chugging a beer, unlike unlike Mitch Trubisky at the White Sox game. Well, he tried. He <laughs> gave first, it his best. The first time he tried, and it was like, nope, and not he, gonna, he not couldn't have quite that. finish it. Uh, so far, Matthew Stafford showed him what's up. Do you think Danica Patrick can chug, chug a beer better? Oh, than definitely. Him? Okay, Trubisky, you know, he showed him what's up. Uh, I mean, we're just waiting for Kirk. <laughs> we're waiting for Kirk to sip that wine. You know. Uh, but I, I mean, you even got to the point where it's just people going at Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. at this point because you've got it. Chase Daniels is recording it, uh, uh, or Chase it's, Daniel it's, is recording it. It's not even fair that his his lineman who's sitting across the court chugs two of them back to back. Well, and then Aaron <laughs> fails, and then he chugs another one. Yeah. Uh, but you've got you know they've got same thing with line. You got Mitch. You've got Kyle Long right mm-hmm. there. Uh, he's there of his linemen, and they all get in on it because it's just the thing now. And well, I mean, when you're kissing titties, like you're mm-hmm. chugging beers too. Let's be honest, Mitch. And, and this is the kind of thing that I kind of I, I don't know how to feel about it because, and this is very, very just. Dumb, but mm-hmm. like, do I feel good? Because like, yeah, we're making fun of him. We're getting in his head. We're gonna make him mess up when he gets out of the field. Or, or like, are we making him angry? Or yeah, or is it like, guys, he's a really good quarterback. Don't make him mad. Like he's gonna go out there and beat us. Then you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, right? Like you really want to make him mad on for for Thursday night football when we gotta play him to open up the season. Nah, Khalil uh, Mack will, Mac will be fine. I, I hope so. Um, but you know, when it comes to Lafleur, I, I still. Sit there and I say, 
I'm still confused about the hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about failing upward. Uh, yes, with McVay and the Rams, nice. But he really got that job kind of by association with the Titans, where they were like, well, McVay was good. Same, same thing with— You're uh, kind of sort of part of the offense. Same thing with Cliff in Arizona. Oh, you went to lunch with uh, Sean McVay? Right. You're hired. So they, they hire him even though he didn't even call plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in Tennessee, they have the 25th— ranked offense in the NFL. I would say that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um and it is. And then the Green Bay Packers are like, you did such a bad job calling plays, you're going to be our head coach. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Like that's just failing upward somehow. Um he does have the good fortune of Aaron Rodgers can kind of run the show and and LaFleur doesn't have to really do that much. Uh and he can totally prove me wrong. But I just don't see where he earned this job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know that he makes a difference out there other mm-hmm. than just just be nice to Aaron and, and let Aaron be happy because that's what Aaron Rodgers needs after all those years of McCarthy kind of weighing him down and having him finally get sick of it. Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest. Do I know if LaFleur – is just going to be a yes man to Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't, because I don't know Aaron Rodgers personally. I don't know uh, Matt LaFleur personally. But I'll say for the Green Bay fans, I hope that is not the case. I hope it's not just a case of, you know, Matt's there just to be a yes man for Aaron Rodgers, make Aaron happy, and then we'll win football games because you're not going to be successful. But the one question I do have about LaFleur and you can't answer this. They can't answer this. It's not going to be answered until we actually see the Packers on the field. Is like you talk about failing upward. Well, I'm going back even a job before the Rams. He was, before the Rams, the quarterback coach with the Falcons, who was under Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. So even as a quarterback coach, was not making big decisions in the offense. Then with the Rams, yes, you're the OC, but really Sean McVay is calling the shots on that offense. And then Tennessee, when you have a head coach in Mike Vrabel, who's a defensive guy, and you're supposed to be the offensive guy on that staff, the main one, your team is 25th in the offense in just total offense last year. And I know that the Marcus Mariota thing is something to throw in there, too, of like he got injured so how much of that put in or how much, like, will it be better because now he's got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers to work with? But the other thing I throw out there is this receiving core. Like, I know we're under the point of, and I know people are going to say it, of Aaron Rodgers will make anyone better. It's like, very true. We have Aaron Rodgers. That's all we need. But I look at last year. Devonta Adams led the team. He was an over 1,000-yard receiver. He's going to be your main guy no question. Are the other two that I'm thinking about, Gmo, Geronimo Allison, and Equiminius St. Brown, are they going to step up? Because right now on our lads, they are number two and number three on your depth chart. Behind that, like you've got guys like Alan Lazar, who I believe, what, second year in the league, because um, he was just out of Iowa State um, a year ago, and Of course, you bring in Mercedes Lewis to be your tight end with Jimmy Graham having the second most receiving yards, but you lose Randall Cobb, too. And to me, I wonder, with the receivers, is it just going to be, hey, we have Aaron Rodgers, so everything is fine? 
Or should we look into it that, hey, St. Brown and Allison, they need to step up and losing a Randall Cobb is going to be a bigger hurt than everyone might think it is. Because I know people may be saying, well, look at last year. We didn't have them. We only had them for nine games. Yeah, exactly. You only had Randall Cobb for nine games and you missed the playoffs. Yeah. And, and you know, people are, are going to mention and I'm that not Aaron Rodgers was hurt. On that. Yeah, that too. Um, but I, I do wonder about it because, like you're saying, Equimania St. Brown really needs to step mm-hmm. up. And, I mean, he was a rookie last year. He was. So, I mean. But he needs to step up mm-hmm. because Geronimo Allison is all right, not amazing. But he's, I like Gmo. Yeah, but he's not amazing. Uh, Devontae Adams is good with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um and that's kind of all you've got. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham has been nothing since, uh, what's his name, uh, Drew Brees was his quarterback, and then he decided to become a pass catcher, yeah. uh, and since then hasn't caught as many passes as you'd or, like. Or as Dave likes to say, he slept with Drew Brees' wife. And the running back situation, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a Aaron Rodgers, as much as he can make anyone really good, Man, does he really need somebody who's already really good that he can make great. Uh, and, and, you know, they're hoping that that's what St. Brown's going to be. Um, but when it comes to offense, I'm really never going to be concerned about a Packers offense. Mm-hmm. Packers offense is going to do what they need to do to win games because Aaron Rodgers has done what he needed to do to win games for a long, long time. Like throwing it up to Richard Rodgers. Yeah, I just sit there, and the thing that concerns me is this is the second draft now where they've gone back-to-back mm-hmm. defensive picks very, very early. Um, and last year, that defense wasn't really much better than it was before. Now they have, uh, uh, what's his name, Mike Patton? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they get him to be their defense coordinator, and... I have mixed feelings about him. He's had some really good success with the New York Jets when he was kind of running the show defensively, but mm-hmm. Rex Ryan was very heavy-handed as well. Um, was there with the Bills. Nothing good happened in Cleveland because he made the mistake of going to Cleveland. Uh, and that's kind of where he's left off now going to the Green Bay Packers. Um, a team that's trying to build their talent defensively. But I just get worried about that because I always come back to this. Aaron Rodgers is amazing. The one time Aaron Rodgers has won this Super Bowl is when he had a good defense. Yeah, and I wonder. And a run game. I wonder, and I'm thinking about it just now as you're talking, is that the plan? Is the plan basically, we talk about teams like the, it was the 2000-2001 season, that Ravens team, mm-hmm. where it was great defense, Trent Dilfer is your quarterback. There have been other teams, too, where it's like, wow, this defense has been amazing. Quarterback, not so much. Are the Packers kind of hoping, hey, if we have this really amazing defense, we've got a quarterback who is arguably top three, top two, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, basically. If we have this amazing defense, we don't have to lean on him as much and he can use his talent to win us games. Mm-hmm. So it's like basically take that Ravens team, great defense, but instead of Trent Dilfer, they've got one of the top two quarterbacks in the league. Well, is that what they're hoping for? I don't necessarily know that they're trying to make like 
a, a Ravens defense or I'm just like saying, a like, Denver Broncos defense so they when they drag so they Peyton don't Manning there. Have to lean on Aaron Rodgers as much. They can lean well, on the defense. I mean, I think they. Like I said, I, I don't think they're going to be a team that leans on the defense, mm-hmm. but they're trying to put a defense out there that's going to be good like, because they, they can't give up 400 yards again mm-hmm. next season and, like, and expect to make the playoffs. Like, I'll ask you, yeah, last year's defense with the Bears being the mm-hmm. best defense in all football, did that not take pressure off of Mitch Trubisky? Well, that's, make that's not easier. what I'm saying, though, because mm-hmm. of course it does. What I'm saying is I don't think the Packers are trying to do that because they have Aaron Rodgers. They just want to put a competent defense out there. Okay. Because, like I said, they can't give up 400, mm-hmm. uh, 400 points in Every a season. Every game can't be a shootout. Yeah, exactly. And that was the problem. When you had Aaron Rodgers already mm-hmm. hurt and you know guys like Randall Cobb not there for the whole year— the team's not going to be able to do that well. That's True. why they've gone and they they tried to address double um, defensive backs last year. This year, um, triple pass rush. They get two in free agency and one in the first round. Right, and yeah, a defensive end and a safety in the first round mm-hmm. uh, this year. Like they're really, really hitting defense hard, trying to make that a thing. They go get somebody who's supposed to be a good defensive coordinator. Um, they are trying to make this better. I don't think this is what they're trying to get like the greatest they would love to have the greatest Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily need it um but they spent those draft picks before and it didn't it didn't get there yet so Mm. i think for for packers fans you got to hope that okay is now the time where it's going to really hit is now the time where guy like jair alexander is going to really step up uh and now we got adrian amos who did well in chicago is he going to perform as well as he did or was that are we a going to? Of the system? Are we going? To, yeah, exactly. Are we going to lose out because we don't have as strong of a pass rush as, say, I don't know, Khalil Mack? Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's going to be interesting for the Packers because when it comes to the Packers, they're going to be right there. They're going to be competing for a wild card spot if they're not a division winner. Mm-hmm. Um, they are right there in the thick of it. It's really, I think, going to come down to for me. I'm very interested to see what Matt LaFleur can do when it gets to the second half of games. Let's talk about uh, you know some of these teams that they're going to face. When they go up against, let's say, the Chicago Bears, who have a really good defense, is Matt LaFleur going to figure out at halftime what's the thing he needs to do mm-hmm. to stop Khalil Mack? You know, we can talk about it with plenty of these teams. Are they going to figure out what they need to do to stop Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. You know... There's a lot of really talented teams, a lot of playoff teams potentially that they're going to face. The Chargers, the Chiefs, uh, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Broncos, if they can figure out the quarterback situation. Uh, you know, There's plenty of these teams that they're going to face. The Panthers, you can throw them in there too. Matt LaFleur is going to be in those situations where he needs to prove that he earned his job. He's not just there to say Aaron Rodgers have fun out there. Because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers can dissect these offenses or these defenses all day. But there's a lot more that needs to happen with that coach. Um, and he has to prove that he's there because it's going to be a couple of those games that good coaching will get you that win. Because Mike McCarthy, bad coaching, back clock management, mm-hmm. that cost the Packers many games over the past few years. Well, And one of the things because of that, what I'm thinking of is the rushing attack. And the reason why is, so there's two things kind of circling my head. And I'll kind of see if you can square them out. Is so the last time the Packers made the playoffs was 2016. Their rushing attack wasn't anything 
dominating. We're, we had Ty Montgomery, 457 yards. Eddie Lacy was on that team, only played five games, mm-hmm. but had 360 yards. Aaron Rodgers, James Starks were also big contributors along with Christine, Michael, and um, Aaron um, Ripkowski. Here's the thing, though. Matt LaFleur last year with Tennessee, it's kind of like the same thing we talked about with the Detroit Lions. Matt LaFleur had Derrick Henry last year that he leaned on heavily, where Henry was the guy that took the bulk of the carries. He had over 1,000 yards rushing. Then you had Deion Lewis, who was more of like that change of pace to Derrick Henry. I don't feel, and maybe Packer fans are going to tell me I'm wrong, I don't feel the Packers have that same kind of one-two punch with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Am I wrong? Am I right? Is the rushing attack going to be fine? Because, hey, they're not going to have to lean on the rushing attack because they have Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think they have a decent ability to run the football, but when Aaron Rodgers was most... Well, I shouldn't say when Aaron Rodgers was most successful, because that's not true. Mm-hmm. But when the Packers were most successful, yeah. it's because they had a good running game and they had a pretty good defense. They didn't mm-hmm. have an amazing defense, but they had a pretty good defense uh, and a strong running game. If you're not going to replicate that, you're not going to win another Super Bowl. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, Packers fans, before you yell at me, uh, and, and say I'm a biased Bears fan, that's what the Packers are trying to do. They're trying to get that above average defense mm-hmm. um I, I think they still have a little bit of work to do with a running game but they're trying to do the right thing they're trying to get this team put together um because they definitely need it if they don't get it they don't have that then they're going to be out of luck mm-hmm. and last thing we'll kind of look at is the schedule and the thing that i look at is you know how i said um the lions may have the hardest schedule Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Packers have a harder schedule. Um, and the re- the only reason why I say that is me personally, if I was a Packer fan, I would hate the start of my schedule. I would hate the end of my schedule. I don't want to see the Bears game one. I don't want to see the Vikings game two. And at the end of the season, I know the Lions week 17, a lot of people are going to say, okay, that's an easy one. But you're basically seeing the division, Bears Vikings, Lions, with two of those being on the road late in the year. I know the three before that might be a little bit easier games than the 49ers, the Giants, and the Redskins. Mm-hmm. But You might be able to build momentum. I just, for me, I feel like i rather have those divisional games spread out throughout the year than having, hey, here's your number one and number two toughest opponents in the division to start, and oh, here's your entire division to end the year because I could see this being a situation where week 15 comes along. All right, win or go home. If you win, you can possibly win the division over the Bears. If you lose, you don't, and they lose. All right, the next week, who's Mm going to make the playoffs, the Vikings or the Packers, fighting for that wild card to where if you lose both of those, that last game could be, well, we might get a wild card spot. If we beat the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think – I'm not going to say the Packers have the most difficult. There's a difficult Mm -hmm. as well. Um, They, of course, have have the same type of games that everybody else has. The one benefit I think that they have is, yes, it's Bears, Vikings, and Lions, 
But if that Lions game is what they need to get in, mm-hmm. that's a little bit better. Aaron yeah. Rodgers has had the Lions number time and time again. Uh, they got to go to Chicago mm-hmm. for for that one game. That can be tough. Or I'm sorry, actually, that's a home game for them against Chicago. It's going to Minnesota. Yeah. So having the home game against Chicago, there's a very real chance that even as a Chicago Bears fan, the Packers and the Bears split mm-hmm. again um, this year. So I don't think, even though they do have that, they had the chance with the 49ers, the Giants, and the Redskins to really build momentum. Mm-hmm. And we got to see the question mark of the Carolina Panthers this year. Um, so they had the ability to build that momentum and move right into that last part of that schedule, which will be challenging. Um, I also don't I think like, there's harder schedules out there. I also don't like Dallas, Casey, and L.A., the Chargers, all being on the road, especially mm-hmm. that week eight to week nine where it's basically – all right, we're going to go to KC for a game. Then I have to go to L.A. for a game and be on the road those two weeks against those two tough teams that I'm expecting to be one and two in the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not it's not easy, but and I'm not trying to say it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I just think there are two harder schedules out there okay. that, that we haven't gotten to yet. Well, this is where you guys come in. Packer fans, let us know how you are feeling also looking at the schedule um, the Packers are on one, two, three, four, what, five primetime games this year, two on ESPN, um, and then I believe the rest are at one Thursday nighter, two Thursday nighters, um, and then a Sunday night football, I believe, is the other one. Yeah, Casey is a Sunday night football game, but this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think about your team down below. Is Matt LaFleur going to be fine? Are we kind of over-exaggerating that problem, and I use air quotes um, because maybe you don't think it's a problem. So let us know what you guys think about your team down below. But, Mark, let's move on. The next team we're taking a look at is, oh, it is beautiful. Like, the next two segments, I'm going to like this one because, of course, we're talking about my Minnesota Vikings. The next one you're really going to like because, obviously, we're talking about your Chicago Bears. So it's kind of a little bit of homerism through, but I'm going to try to be, at least for me, I'm going to try to be honest about my Vikings and kind of shoot (laughs) Super Bowl Super Bears. That's Uh, what Mark's always talking about. But to set the table up, just like we did for the Vikings. Actually, before I do that, I'm going to throw out patreon.com backslash Podcast. Help support us. Help us get a new studio. How do you do that? Support us on Patreon. That link down below in the description. Going to clear my throat there. Apologize for that. And let's set the table for the Vikings. So this offseason... We look at free agency, not a lot of moves for the Vikings. Yeah, we re-signed Dan Bailey. Yeah, we re-signed Amir Abdullah. The big one was getting Anthony Barr to come back, declining his um, declining a deal to join the Jets, comes back on a five-year deal worth $67.5 million. He's going to be a Minnesota Viking for the next five years. Only, really, the big moves we did was Josh Klein signed a three-year deal, Sean Mannon, signed a backup deal with us, and then um, Shamar Steven, the defensive tackle, signed a three-year deal as well. When you look at us in the draft, pulling up the first pick, we took uh, Garrett Bradbury out of of NC State. Second round, we get Irv Smith Jr., who obviously we talked about last week with the Kyle Rudolph stuff. And when we look at this team, where they ranked offensively and defensively, When it came to yards per game offensively, 
345 a game. That was good for 20th overall. When it came to points per game, the Vikings averaged 22.5, which was good for 19th. So not the best from that offense that had just signed Kirk Kirk Cousins in the offseason. But then defensively, you take a look, and this is a team top four when it came to yards per game, um, only behind Chicago, Buffalo, and Baltimore. And then points per game, this was a defense that only gave up 21.3 points per game, a top 10 defense in the league last year. The first thing we got to talk about here, I would be remiss if I did not bring this up because being a Viking fan, of course, I want to talk about all the good things, but we got to talk about the bad things too. And the big thing hanging over this season, for me at least, is Kirk Cousins. This is a quarterback we brought in, we gave the guaranteed money to. When you look at his stats last year, not bad. He over over 4,000 yards, a touchdown-to-interception ratio of three touchdowns to one interception, 30 to 10 of those. Yeah, he was sacked 40 times, a little bit too much. But the big thing for Kirk this season, you got to win the big game. You got to win the big game, and as we've talked about about schedules Already with the other two, playing the NFC East, playing the AFC West, playing this division, you're going to have a lot of big games this year against teams with winning records that Kirk Cousins has struggled with. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up because that's been his his problem is if the team is worse, all right, I got this. Once that team becomes your level or better, all of a sudden it, it starts to get a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why you see things like that QBR rating not being very good. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's not very good either for, for Kirk Cousins. But a lot of yards. He's going to throw you a lot of touchdowns. He doesn't throw you very many interceptions. You're feeling pretty good about that. The thing that concerns me a little bit, and maybe it's just kind of by design with Minnesota, is uh, I don't think that's actually true. Is the running game? Mm-hmm. It's not very good. In fact, I mean, it's one of the worst in the NFL. We had to de- but the big thing last year is, and this is the one thing that I will throw out. It's kind of a trying to save face, but you mm-hmm. can't use it as an excuse. Last year, we had that huge injury. We had Dalvin Cook er- injured early in the year, yeah. And right away, I'm like, "Fuck!" There go like. There goes a big part of our offense. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I know he came back and he played 11 games, but he never felt like the Delvin Cook that we thought he was going to be when he went down with that injury earlier in the year. Well, my my thought about Delvin Cook, essentially, though, is, like, is the, is the man ever going to be able to be healthy? Mm-hmm. That's a big question. you got to be healthy to play football games. A- exactly, and especially at a position like the running back where – you you get banged up more than almost anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're going to rely on Delvin Cook, that's a little scary of a prospect right now because I mean, he might bounce back and be perfect. He might not, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of a scary idea right now just because of you know pretty decent injuries to him. Um, but 
he's still very young. He still mm-hmm. has a lot of time to eventually kind of bounce back. The other thing that's nice to see if you're a Vikings fan is, oh, hey, look, you guys are trying on the offensive line. You're trying yeah. to improve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit to gel. You've got Riley Reef, who's new. Uh, Josh Klein, who's new. He did really good, though, last year. Like, mm-hmm. one of the best players we had on the line last year. And then you got Garrett Brad uh, Bradbury as mm-hmm. well. Um, so you you got to kind of let this this new uh, group kind of gel mm-hmm. a little bit and hope that they got to be better. I mean, you know, you're certainly going to get Kirk Cousins' sack numbers to go down if this is a better unit. Yeah, four, 40 is just way too many. It's Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. That's mm-hmm. how you break quarterbacks. Uh, you're actually lucky he didn't get hurt, really. So they've got it pretty much, and this is the thing about Minnesota, they've got everything they need. Mm-hmm. They just like, need people to play. Because, like, the defense, like, the, the only thing... The only thing that's worrisome about our defense mm-hmm. is how are we going to pay them all? Like Anthony Barr this yeah. offseason. I thought we were going to lose him to the Jets. I thought it's like, great, okay, well, he's gone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he turned down the offer with the, the Jets thing. to come it's, back. It's nice to get him back, but mm-hmm. now you sit there and go, we're really not going to be able to afford the next yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's great, but fortunately that's not a problem for this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got everybody this year. It's really mm-hmm. the problem for next year. Um the the thing that's difficult for me is, is defense is really good, offense is really good, but it just comes down to yes, you have four thousand yards out of your uh, quarterback, but can you win the big games? Exactly. And last year, eight seven and one. Even if you were eight and eight, if we give you a tie as a loss, mm-hmm. or if we give it to you as a win, and all of a sudden you're nine and seven, you weren't making the playoffs, and you don't pay a quarterback guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put it all on Kirk Cousins, uh, but you don't pay him guaranteed money to not make the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially when technically what? It was a three-year deal, right? You've only got him for technically two more years before we, you got to pay him again. We had a chance. Yeah. We had a chance. If we would have beat the Bears, we would have been in the playoffs. It would have been yeah, is, that wasn't going to happen, it, though. Well, it would have been the situation mm-hmm. of if we beat you at our place— the next week, we would have had to play you at your place. Like yeah. it wouldn't have been Eagles Bears; it would have been Vikings Bears. Exactly, and and the division rival. There's no way they're. I mean, that was the thing people were talking about. Oh, maybe the Bears won't play the Stars. Oh, they it's played, a division yeah. rival. They were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I were mean, playing now hard. looking back at it, maybe the maybe the Bears go, "Hey, let's rest the starters because we can beat Minnesota at home, and we don't want to lose to the." Eagles. I still like beating Minnesota, though. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I get what you're anything, saying, but I wouldn't have wanted to, to be the only NFC North team in the playoffs. Right, King was, of the North. It was like you were going to lose to the Giants. King All of the right, North. That's fine. We can lose to the Giants. King of the North. Um, oh, I'm sorry, people but don't this think one, that's. People don't think that's popular anymore. Well, now now it's the queen. <laughs> yeah, uh, queen of the north. Oh, I guess we're just we're doing it again, aren't we? Yeah. We're spoiling Game of Thrones. Uh, that's not a huge spoiler. I think it's a pretty big spoiler. Uh, basically, what happens? Daenerys becomes queen of the north. It's yeah. really weird. Um, but anyways, uh, that so, was Melisandre. I thought she became yeah, she, queen of the she north. became queen of the north too. <laughs> the queen of fire in the north. They both become queens of the north uh, with their Starbucks cups. They. For Minnesota, that's fantastic. Like mm-hmm. they they've got what they need. They just need to get the production. They need more out of the running game, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk Cousins um, needs to show clutch. And, and, I, and I'm not going to say that he's not necessarily clutch because he's had some good moments. Uh, but he's really got to. I mean, the man trademarked "You Vike That," and he hasn't given himself a chance to say "You Vike That." <laughs> 
You like that? You like that. You like that? Uh, he literally trademarked you <laughs> like that, which is the stupidest thing ever, but, you know. Hey, I could see that going on a shirt already. And that's what he was hoping for. I and could then see he, it going then right his on team a shirt. was 8-7-1, and it didn't work out well for him. Here's, here's the thing, though. When it comes to those games that we're talking about, mm-hmm. the good thing about our schedule— you think there's a good thing about this schedule? Well, the, I I think the good thing is that they're kind of spread out, where it's like I get the Bears and the Eagles, but I get the Giants in between. Um, basically, I, to me, the only two games, uh-huh. the only two times this season where it's like back-to-back-to-back tough games is at KC, at Dallas, Week 9, Week 10, and then the end of the season, at L.A., then home against Green well, Bay, home against Chicago. Here's the reason why I think the Minnesota Vikings, and, and I really can't. I mean, I like the late bye, too. I can't decide between Chicago and Minnesota mm-hmm. who has a tougher schedule. There is well, a I game in here that I think is is a little easier. But mm-hmm. if Patricia can get that good defense again, you potentially have. Could split. At Chiefs. At Dallas, mm-hmm. then you got to play Broncos, who have a good, really good defense and a new potential quarterback. Mm-hmm. At Seattle, that's guaranteed loss when you see that on your schedule. Then if the Lions are better, at L.A., Packers, and then Bears. Mm-hmm. You have eight games in a row that are potentially very difficult games. I And I do think Chicago has a very difficult schedule as well. See, but this Minnesota ending, even if mm-hmm. you win that game against the Lions— you're still just splitting up four and three games that are incredibly difficult. Yeah, the thing that I look at la- off of last year mm-hmm. is we're kind of in a similar situation or a similar conversation that we had with the Lions because I look at each game, each just looking at each loss, and I mean technically each tie, um, but that one any team could have won it in overtime and no one could have, so that's why I kind of. Push that one to the side, but like Buffalo, twenty-seven to six. Really, you only came up with six points against Buffalo at home. Yeah, really. Well, Josh um, Allen had you guys number on that one. Then you, but twenty-seven points for a defense isn't terrible. Like I'll take that. Like if you told me Josh Allen hurdled one of no, your no, guys. No, no, no. I know, but like t- twenty-seven points mm-hmm. is not terrible. I'll take that over like forty over third. Like well, sure. Not, I mean, I'd rather only give up I'm twenty-seven just, instead of thirty. I'm just or saying. 40. I'm just saying it's not terrible compared to like what our defense is. Usually, the if pro- you've given up close to four touchdowns, you lose that game. The main problem was that we only scored six points in that game and couldn't get anything going offensively. The Ram one was that was a an offensive game, and the Rams had our number in that. Like Jared Goff had our number in that one and beat us in LA. New Orleans they had our number in that one, thirty to twenty. But like all the other ones against the Bears, only give up twenty five points, and all we can manage is twenty against New England. Yet again, twenty four points, which isn't the worst. We only score ten points at Seattle. Three touchdowns is what we gave up. We could only muster seven points. And I know that game, I believe that was the one I was upset because they had the bullshit call while we were on offense that took away a touchdown for us that would have completely changed that game, but I'm not going to get into it now. I'm just going to mention it there and Everybody there. gets one of those nowadays, it seems like. And then even like the last game at Chicago, 24 should not be anything where it's like, wow, the defense played bad. That is an okay score to give up 24 points. But you only scored 10 points. I felt like in most of our losses, 
it wasn't, hey, what didn't the defense do? It was, hey, what didn't the offense do? And how much of that, like, and, uh-huh. that's, and that's the question. How much of it do you put on Kirk, Kirk Cousins? Because I still remember the press conference after that Bears game. You look on Facebook and in the comments section mm-hmm. of that live stream, of that press conference with Kirk, it's like, well, he's saying the right things. He's like, it's kind of like it reminded me of like John Gross with Illinois, the head coach of the basketball team. I used to like John Gross. He was a nice guy. You got along with him. You like to hang out with him, you know. But it was like, you're not winning games, so that's the problem here. It doesn't matter how much of a likable guy you are, you're not mm-hmm. winning games. And I feel like that might be the same thing with Kirk, but how much pressure do we put on him compared to the entire offense? Because I'll be yeah. honest, last year our OC situation was, was not good. And if you're rotting at the head, the body ain't going to do much better. Yeah, which is very true. Um that that he was not very good, but overall, I mean, that I don't think that completely explains the running game being bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Kirk Cousins, the passing game was fine, but I also think and that Adam Thielen had probably his best year right ever. I also think in some of those games that were losses, though, I don't want to say you were expecting too much out of that offense um, to score, you know, more and more points, but at the same time. It's not the easiest for a team to go score 24 points. It's not the easiest mm-hmm. for them to go score 30 points. Um, so that is expecting something. It's expecting a lot of a team, uh, but the team is built to have that powerful the, offense. The main ones I look at are the four games where we had two of them were 10, mm-hmm. and then set, yeah, three of them were, no, two of them were 10, and then seven and six. You are not going to win a football well, of game course not. if you're scoring seven to 10 points. No, no, of course not. I mean, unless it's the Super Bowl, in which in that case you just need to <laughs> score four and you're good to go. Uh, but Especially Patriots-Rams. Like, I, I think when it comes to Minnesota, it truly just comes up to you paid money for some of this stuff or you drafted some of this stuff and you were excited now it's time to actually get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you don't have that much time to kill with Kirk Cousins. Because if you guys have another bad season next year, and then let's say you don't make the playoffs in any of these times you got Kirk Cousins, is there a reason to re-sign him? No. If we if we do not make the playoffs under his contract, let him walk. I don't it, want him. Exactly. I mean, even if you make it just the one year. Mm-hmm. Let's say no, no, last year you squeezed in the Depends wild Depends on how far we make it. Like, if we wild card and lose, there's a discussion. If we go all to the NFC title game and lose, then it's probably a lean towards keep him. Yeah, it's it's a little bit difficult, but I think in his career, he's kind of shown, mm-hmm. and some of his team stats he as can't well. win that first one, because usually he goes up against Aaron Rodgers and loses. Well, there's that, but there's also that he just can't beat winning teams. Yeah, um, He just doesn't mm-hmm. do it. And like I said, some of that's a, a team stat, too. Um, but it just doesn't really happen. He's 30 years old. He'll be like, what, 33 by the time mm-hmm. his contract is over because yeah. um, he turns – his birthday's at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. It's an interesting just, future for Minnesota. I just thought of like the thing that I think is going to be the big thing with Kirk this year is I was watching yesterday the repeat of Reggie Miller in the playoffs where back in 95 he scored like – Eight points in nine seconds. And the quote from that little clip on SportsCenter was, the things that define a star and just a good player are what you do in winning time. That's what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. It's 
what are you going to do? Not necessarily winning time, which in basketball they're talking about like the end of the game or games on the line. What are you going to do? But in this situation, what are you going to do when you're up against that playoff team? Because another thing we got to look at, and I say we as Vikings fans, we went to the, what, NFC Championship game with Case Keenum and Pat Shermer. Those to two, be fair, you got two, a little bit of help from we got lucky in the, the Saints the, being yeah the Minnesota crappy. miracle we got lucky, but mm-hmm. you know what it still happened. Um, but still, we had a good season. Like we could have, if we would have lost the next game, then it would have been like okay, we had no reason to win that Saints game. Um, yes, it was a lucky play, and it could have went the other way. But we went far into the playoffs until we got our doors blown off by the Eagles. But, I mean, we lose those two. It's like ever since we lost those two guys, and I know it's only been one season, but we lose those two guys, and we kind of have, I know it wasn't a terrible season, but to me it was kind of a catastrophic season because this is a team that we expect to make. Like, now that we have this defense, like now that we have the team that Zimmer's built, we expect to make the playoffs. And when we don't make the playoffs now, it's kind of like the Packers where it's like, okay, something is wrong and something needs to change. And I wonder if Kevin Stefanski is going to be enough because, like, last year he was the interim OC. He's been basically with the Vikings since, what, 2006? He's been the assistant to the head coach. He's been an assistant quarterback's coach, a tight ends mm-hmm. coach, running backs coach, quarterback coach, interim, interim OC last year. And now he's the OC. I just look at that, and he took over after the loss to Seattle. Immediately after that, 41 points from our offense against, but against Miami, 27 to nine against Detroit, 24 to 10 against Chicago. What are we going to do against those winning teams this year? That's the question for the mm-hmm. Vikings. I will ask you any. Final things, things we didn't talk about, anything about the schedule that we necessarily didn't Not necessarily. hit. I, I just think it's a very difficult schedule. It's just like I think the whole NFC North is a difficult schedule. A lot of times we'll sit here and be like, oh, we can totally have three teams from the NFC North get in there. This is not one of those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to beat each other up pretty well. And I think that all the schedules are just too difficult to where. There's a chance we're lucky to see two teams from the NFC North get into the playoffs basically just because of how challenging the schedules are. Basically, it's a, like you want to go to the playoffs, win the division, because that's mm-hmm. how you're getting in. Um, but Viking fans, this is where we call on you. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. I will throw out here, I had it post earlier um, in the corner above Mark. Well, it comes out above both of us. But I'll do it again now. If you have not checked out our discussion about Kyle Rudolph um, and his contract situation, go and check out that. That was a little great listen um, that we talked about on the podcast last week. But let us know what you guys think about this season coming up for the Minnesota Vikings down below. But, Mark, it's time to close off our NFC North preview with the Kings of the North from last week. King of the North. King of the North, and we're going to talk about Da Bersh. Um, as last year, 
Very surprising year from the Bears. I know trading for Khalil Mack, I know you put them in the mm-hmm. playoffs, um, but no one, I think, expected them to be 12-4. and four. No one expected them to win the division. If anything, it was a wild card sneak in after they got Khalil Mack this year, but everything is looking roses for Chicago coming into this year. Before we dive into it, let's set everything up. So free agency, much like the Vikings. Like when you're at the top, there's not a bunch of moves yeah. that you're going to make. The big ones for the Bears are you bring Mike Davis um, in on a two-year deal. He's going to be a part of Run DMC this year. Um, Haha Clinton Dix on a one-year deal. Cordero Patterson on a two-year deal. Um, and then Buster Screen, a cornerback, on a three-year deal as well. Draft, you didn't have a bunch of draft picks. Um, your first two big ones were David Montgomery in the third, which I really liked, um, and then Riley Ridley, um, the wide receiver out of Georgia in the fourth. Mm-hmm. This is a team offensively, when it came to yards per game, you guys were 21st in the NFL last year. Points per game, the Bears were top 10. They were ninth. In 26, about 26 yeah. points per game. The defense did a lot of it. The defense was it. Yards per game, third. The only two defenses above you, Buffalo and Baltimore, when it came to yards per game. But there was no one above the Bears in points per game. The only team that came close was Baltimore, who was .2 away from you. Bears gave up 17.7 points mm-hmm. per game last year. So and those takeaways, leading the league in takeaways. The thing I want to ask you to start is with that defense. Mm-hmm. And the thing I want to kind of go off of is Vic Fangio's not here anymore. Correct. Vic Fangio is now in Denver. He's the head coach of the Denver Broncos. With this team, because really, the unless I'm missing someone, the biggest departures are Adrian Amos, who we talked about in the Packer segment. Yep. And then Vic Fangio, who is now a Denver Bronco head coach. Do you expect this defense to be exactly the same success-wise under Chuck Pagano? Or could this defense take a minor step back this year? Well, I think there will be a little bit of a step back uh, because you're getting used to a new defensive coordinator. getting used to a new style. Chuck Pagano was a lot more aggressive than uh, than Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is a mastermind of defense, no doubt mm. about it. But the the one kind of gripe you can have with his defenses is, I'm going to send three guys. Maybe I'll send two. That's my pass you're, rush. You're not gonna you're not gonna be exotic with the blitzes. Yeah. You're not gonna send overloaded packages. You'll, you'll try and trick them, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that Vic Fangio does better than most. Is I'm sending three. Who am I sending? Exactly. Look, it looks like everybody's gonna blitz, but it's Vic Fangio. So there's only three at most mm-hmm. that are probably gonna come at me. Um, and one of them is Khalil Mack. Of well, actually, that's <laughs> the thing that people complain about is why is Khalil Mack dropping back into coverage so often? Yeah. Because that's Vic Fangio. That's what mm-hmm. he does. It's all about disguising the blitz. Uh, and part of that is everyone expects Khalil Mack to show up, so you got to so drop him cover back. for him. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, you know you're going to get much more aggressive um, play calling on the defensive side of the football. What I think that leads to probably less turnovers, mm-hmm. uh, partially just because historically you can't lead the league in turnovers one year and then lead the next year. It just doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other part of that is you've got less coverage. So unless you are truly getting to them really quickly and forcing them to make a dumb decision, which is Mm -hmm. totally possible, um, 
you know, you're you're just gonna have trouble getting that same amount of of uh, numbers, and some of it's luck. Some of it is just the guy who had the ball go through his hands that tipped mm-hmm. off of him, or it's not every once in a while. Or it's not every day that you can make Aaron Rodgers make a dumb decision out there and throw an interception. He just doesn't really do it. He threw three last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to see a Chuck Pagano defense here in Chicago because of the amount of weapons they have with you know Akeem Hicks, with uh, with Golden, with Khalil Mack, that with Tyron Smith. The entire linebackers basically. Yeah. Floyd, Trevathan, Smith, and then Khalil. To see them, which was so much pass rushing ability mm-hmm. here, to see them get to occasionally be unleashed like that. It's going to be pretty awesome. Well, and I know you bring up that hey, with this defense there might be less turnovers. But the thing that I think of is what's the most the, – the two things that I always say are the most important things for a team, a, court, a good quarterback mm-hmm. and a pass rush. And if you can even – like two things, if you're going to be aggressive with this, that quarterback either needs to be – like I know they can go down to basically like rhythm throws of like, all right, you're going to start bringing the blitz – I'm just going to start doing slants where it's basically three-step drop throw, three-step drop throw. And that's what a lot throw. of teams were doing to Chicago last year. But, like, the thing that I think about is if with the more aggressive blitzing from the Bears, you're giving them, A, less time for that quarterback to make a throw, and number B, if you're beating that quarterback up all game and he's taking hits, even if it's not a sack, even if it's a, I threw the ball, but I still got hit by Khalil Mack, being it legal, not a roughing the passer, like I still got hit while getting the ball off. I'm still getting hit while getting the ball off. My body yeah. is taking that toll throughout that game well, ask, to where you're basically yeah. just beating up that quarterback. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Ask mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Ask Sam Bradford. Ask Ryan Fitzpatrick. The quarterbacks that all got hurt by mm-hmm. basically Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears at the beginning of the season. I mean, the Bears had a streak mm-hmm. of injuring quarterbacks for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily that it's like a they were playing dirty. It was just simply that they were just hitting the quarterbacks so much at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, especially when some of these quarterbacks weren't used to being hit. You think Aaron Rodgers plays in the preseason? No, that's why he got hurt week one, because mm-hmm. they don't need to play him. They don't need to get him those reps up. Um, and then you got guys like Sam Bradford who are just made of glass. But mm-hmm. I, I look at the Chicago Bears defense. I'm not worried. The thing that I'm interested in uh, with this team is going to be the offense. And the I reason just I was going to ask you about them. The reason I bring that up is. I mean, they're still learning things, and Matt Nagy's offense was very new to this team, especially coming from John Fox, which was like, all right, you're going to run the ball. After that, you're going to run the ball. Then you're going to run the ball a third time. And then and, we're going to uh, punt. And then we're going to punt and hope for the best on defense. It's going to be great. Um, maybe if you're lucky, we'll let you throw the ball four times. But you guys have a big—I'm going to say big departure mm-hmm. on offense, where wide receiver-wise, mainly the— the same guys are coming back. You got Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller in year two. Now you're mm-hmm. adding in guys like Riley Ridley, who you drafted. But to me, the big question offensively is the running backs. Where, yes, you still have Tariq Cohen, but you're adding Mike Davis, um, free agent from Seattle. You're adding David Montgomery, who you got in the third round with your first pick in the NFL draft. Do you expect this kind of three-headed running back system to take over for the loss 
of Jordan Howard, who is now in Philadelphia. Well, the thing about Jordan Howard was with Matt Nagy, it I, I love Jordan Howard. I wish he was still on the Bears, but he never really fit. Though. But we didn't use him. Yeah, and, and I still stand by. If Matt Nagy really wanted to get the most production out of Jordan Howard, he would have figured out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Part he, of the blame goes. He didn't have a bad year. He almost no. had a thousand yards. Part of the blame goes on the the um, the offensive line that didn't really do a good job of run blocking last year, mm-hmm. um, because what was drilled in them is, hey, we passed the ball because that's what they did last year. But uh, I don't think that we truly were using Jordan Howard as we should have. So I don't think there's much to miss in that case. Mm-hmm. Yes, he put up quite a bit of yards, but. It's not like he put up yards that nobody else could get because it was something that only he could do um, because we weren't using him in the way that only he can be used. So when I look at run DMC, I, I think we'll still be able to get things out, especially when I look at there's a big important part of this run DMC that is missing or two important parts, really. One we all know about Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. He's going to run the ball himself. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get hurt in the process. The other part, though, is Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. That you know the whole reason why Cordero Patterson is here is for screen passes, maybe really quick little, dump. Maybe some jet sweeps. Exactly. He's there to take one step forward and get the ball thrown his way. Mm-hmm. Um, he is there for basically extended handoffs. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there. What I'm most interested in as a Chicago Bears fan is there was so many times where Bears fans did get frustrated with Matt Nagy because it was like, all right, we get it. You've got some fancy plays. Maybe let's not get cute right here. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just run up the gut. Maybe we don't need to do something weird. Um, yes, it's fun to see Soul uh, get a touchdown. Great. Offensive lineman scoring touchdowns, great. Yeah, it's really nice to see Akeem Hicks out there on the offense. That's awesome. But maybe we just but- pound the ball up the middle. I don't know. The thing I'm thinking of is, and I don't know if this is the right thing to say or not, but it's like you knew that's what you're going to get, though, at Matt Nagy, though. You knew you were going to get creative play calling, but when you're at the one-yard line, Mm -hmm. maybe you just run it up the middle. I mean, Pete Carroll showed us sometimes. I was actually just going to say, let's ask Pete Carroll and and, uh, Daryl Bevel. Second reference to that Super Bowl on this podcast. Right? Sometimes you just run the ball up the middle. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that Matt Nagy still needs to figure that out a little bit. So what I'm very interested to see is Mark Trussman had a good first year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Matt Nagy is Mark Trussman in any way, shape, or form. But what I am saying is, are the trick, cute play calls going to get frustrating and everyone's going to have it figured out? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to get a little bit more simplified at times when the game plan calls for it. Well, and I and I worry with having guys like, now Tariq Cohen is basically the number one running back. Mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson, we got him, like I said, purely for his ability to, you know, get the ball and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Plus also for a punt returner. Um, I just worry of like, are we going to try and be gimmicky the whole time? Or will we eventually still be gimmicky, but gimmicky when appropriate? Well, here's the thing I'm thinking of, and this is when it comes to the running back situation for the Bears, is is it going to be, and you don't have to answer this right away, but I want you to think about this question because this Mm -hmm. is what I'm kind of thinking about, is is it going to be a problem that you at least, and I'm not saying he has to be your number one guy, but you don't have a guy like Jordan Howard because Jordan Howard 
is a guy six foot two twenty four. He was the guy last year where it's like if we need to pound it up the middle, we got to give it to Jordan Howard. If only, where yeah. This year you've got Tariq Cohen, who is five six one eighty one. Your draft pick in David Montgomery is 5'10", 222, and is a guy that in college only, like, yes, he had over 1,000 yards on the ground in college, but he was also a receiver for Iowa State. And the, yeah. how they run in college is very, it's, and, and I, I say, imagine it's that's not what we're that up expect. the gut. Yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. expect to throw the ball to, to Montgomery, like, too. Like, David Montgomery's biggest traits and positives in his kind of uh, profile were, oh, he's a good receiver and he's got good hands. So he fits with what Matt Nagy wants to do. And then you got Mike Davis, 5'9", 217. Is it going to be a problem if these are the three guys you roll with that the Bears don't have that one bruiser like a maybe Jordan Howard who he had last year. Like we looked at Detroit, how last year they had LeGarrette Blunt to be that bruising running yeah. back to kind of, if they need that, and not have to put that into Davis, Cohen, or um, Montgomery's hands. And I think that part of that is why you see the creative play calling and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do you just sit there and say, all right, we're just going to hand the ball off to Akeem Hicks? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is that the answer to your question then? or I mean, is it's it, a Chicago thing. Give it to the lineman. Right? Or is it going to be, is the is the philosophy of, well, we're not going to put ourselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. We're going to score the ball sooner. We don't yeah. need to be at the one-yard line. You know, I, I think that those are interesting you're questions. S- you're still going to have it, though, where it's third and one. Of course. And I know, and I know that. Fourth like, and one, potential fourth and inches. If we get five yards, we still got the first down. Like, I get mm-hmm. that, but there's. There's, there's going to be situations where you're going to need it, and I don't know if the Bears have it right now. Yeah, and I'm a little, I'm a little worried that that's something that's missing. Mm-hmm. But you know, smart coaching, smart play calling will get you around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we got to move over to the other thing: uh, special teams. Uh, I was going to bring it up. It needs to exist at some point in time. <laughs> They need to uh, make kicks. And, and I mean, and, and that's the thing. People are going to get on that. People mm-hmm. are going to get on the kicks. But it's not just the fact that Cody Parkey was a bad kicker. It's also the fact that they couldn't – there were multiple times where the special teams unit let the rest of the team down. Talk about the uh, the Miami Dolphins game mm-hmm. when they really let them down. We talk about the uh, same division, New England Patriots game. The Chicago Bears would have beat the New England Patriots – if special teams did their job, and they didn't. Which, and you'll always hear, like, announcers and coaches and the analyst guys always say, where it's like, the special teams is, it comes down to, like, fundamentals and discipline. Like, yeah. to have good special teams, you have to be very disciplined with what you're doing. When it comes to the kickers, yes, I'm concerned about the kickers, because mm-hmm. I should be. The Bears have not been able to fill the kicker situation at all. Um, but... The kickers is one thing. Mm-hmm. What I'm really concerned about is can our punt unit stop their returner from getting really big yardage? Mm-hmm. Can they not have penalties that are dumb? You yeah. know, that's the stuff that I want. Things with I'm glad I'm actually really glad that Tariq Cohen isn't going to be returning kicks that often anymore. <laughs> uh, he still will be returning punts supposedly, but I still I there's a part of me that thinks that's going to get taken away from him, and it'll just be Cor- Cordero yeah, Patterson. Be, I would assume it'd be Cordero. 
right now it's probably punts are probably still going to be a large portion of Tariq I mean, Cohen. But if Tariq's going to be your number one running back, do you want your number one running back returning kicks and punts or just I mean, punts? he was last year, and he was the number one I mean, running back last Jordan year. I mean, Jordan Howard was the number one, right? No, not really. I mean, usage is a different thing, but like on the depth chart, I believe it'd be like Jordan Howard number one, Tariq Cohen number two, but it was I think very that's fluid. debatable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, right now Tariq Cohen is supposedly still supposed to return punts. Mm-hmm. Um I really hope Cordero Patterson takes that from him because that's why Cordero Patterson is there. Mm-hmm. He's like the fourth or fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. Let yeah. the man return punts. But the reason why is, yes, it's fun to watch Tariq Cohen run all over the place and be a joystick. Mm-hmm. But, like, we all remember Devin Hester's great times. Mm-hmm. Let's also remember the bad times where he just ran side to side and got tackled. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's wonderful to see Mitch run one side of the field, do a little spin, run to the complete opposite side of the field, and then get a touchdown. But the whole time we're all sitting there going, please stop, please stop, just throw the ball, just throw the ball, just do something, throw it out of bounds, I don't care. And then, oh, touchdown, yeah, we, we're glad he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bears had moments like that where they got lucky last year is really what it comes down to. Now, I'm a huge mm-hmm. Chicago Bears fan. I loved every moment of last season with uh, one probably really big exception. Uh I loved that season last year, but we all should admit the Bears got a little lucky. Should they um, I think without a doubt the Bears deserve their 12 and 4 record. They absolutely deserve that record, but there was a couple times where it's like, "Whew, that one's went our way." Well, and I mean, I know there's games on that side of like, "Man, who that one went our way," but like I even look at their three of their losses and with the Giants game you'll have to r- remind me um it or yeah no the Giants game too were Giants Patriots and Dolphins mm-hmm. was all special teams all special teams you had yeah. the onside kick with the Giants you had with the Dolphins I still remember that huge I can't remember if it was a punt or kick return I think, I think it was, it was a, a kick punt. return but like that huge mm-hmm. return Towards like, holy shit, they let the Dolphins back into right. the game. Um, and then how you mentioned there was the play in the Patriots game. Those don't happen. This Bears team could have been 15-1 yeah. and one last year. Well, every single game was a possession mm-hmm. game. I mean— Except for, like, the— the Bucks, which you beat forty-eight to ten. Well, no, I, I mean the losses. Oh, okay, the losses were all possession games. There are plenty of games that were yeah. not possession games for the Bears, uh, but they those games that they lost. I think a lot of it came down to they lost because of stupid things that happened to them. Um, you beat yourselves rather than the other team beating you. Exactly, and and it's just. It's a shame mm-hmm. in that case. Not that you want. I mean, you always want to win sixteen and zero, but not that you you want to expect that. Oh, if we don't get sixteen and zero, it's mm-hmm. a disappointment. Um, but there were definitely disappointing moments to that. The Bears had a great season. The defense was really great. The offense is learning still, but it showed a lot of flashes. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the things I say you want to look for. You want to look for not too much of a regression out of the defense. Just mm-hmm. because there's got to be some regression because you got a new defensive coordinator. Um, you want to see Trubisky take a step forward. You want to see the – I want personally want to see the play calling get a little bit more consistent is the way I'll say it. Mm-hmm. Matt Nagy did an awesome job, but I just want to see a little bit more consistency um, out of it. And I think people understand what I mean by that. Um, and then hopefully just the kicker. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully the kicker's good, and the special teams in general is good. So, the last thing I'll throw at you mm-hmm. is you had mentioned 
throughout this podcast that you think the Bears' schedule is the toughest. Well, I have trouble deciding between Be- the Vikings and the Bears, but I think the Bears edge it out a little bit. Before I have you answer, this is what I think, and this is why I would say the Bears' schedule is the toughest is because there's two stretches to me that are so close to being combined into one big stretch. Basically since the bye. Like, after the bye, you have New Orleans, the Chargers, the Eagles, then Detroit, take the Detroit games as you may, at Rams. Then, okay, Giants, who, yet again, Giants beat you last year, and the Lions, who shouldn't be taken lightly, and then the rest of your schedule. Thursday against Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, then into Minnesota. Yes, that Minnesota game. Well, yeah, no, it's at Minnesota again, just like it was last year. And I know people will say, but Ricky, we beat Minnesota last year. That was last year. This year is totally different. I'll say the same thing when it comes to the Vikings schedule. But that is a stretch that depending on how the Lions games and the Giants games go, that is a brutal end of the well, schedule. Well, the last three divisional games are all on the road. Yeah, basically. Where it's like the first, like before the bye, yeah, you're playing in London, but you're playing the Raiders, which, yeah, we don't know what to expect Bears from their additions. Do, Bears typically do well in London. But you, you're you playing the Raiders in London. Um, Washington. What do we expect with Dwayne Haskins as their quarterback? And it's an early one. He's still figuring things exactly. out. Exactly. Same thing with Denver, where you're seeing Vic Fangio, but that defense maybe hasn't set into that Vic Fangio defense yet. Joe Flacco might not be completely set into the offense yet like he would later on. Like the two toughest games are your divisional games, but at least in that first, what, five weeks, you get the Vikings and Packers at home. It's everything after the bye that I'm like – oh, this is going to be a really long stretch that could turn into just a slugfest and a fight each and every week to try to get a win for the Bears. Yeah, it's going to be tough uh, for sure. And, and you know, with it, with it coming to this, of course, we have any given Sunday, mm-hmm. the Rams could have a huge fall off after losing the Super Bowl I mean, in humiliating fashion. could get injured too. Yep. Exactly. I mean, speaking of injuries, they are going to play the Eagles. Carson Wentz needs to mm-hmm. prove that he can be out there for a whole season. Uh, so there are things that are going to happen. Patrick Mahomes can uh, sit there and go, guys, that was fun, right? Now I'm only going to throw for two thousand yards, and at least you don't have a Monday night into a Thursday night. That's like you wonderful. Did last year, beautiful. That, <laughs> no, that was like that was three games that were in yeah. within what two weeks time or something. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Um, it's a tough schedule. But when you're a 12 and 4 team, when you're first in the NFC North, mm-hmm. uh, third team in the NFC. You're going to get a tough schedule. It's just going to happen, unfortunately. Um, So, you know, the Bears beat good teams last year. They just need to do it again. Yeah, and I mean, I'm trying to look. Last year it was the... Yeah, because yet again, you're playing Detroit on the Thanksgiving um, game. But at least this time you have a full week off where it's not Sunday into Thursday, yeah. then back into Sunday. So I'm not going to be surprised that the Bears are, are not a 12-4 and four team. I actually mm-hmm. will be surprised that the Bears are a 12-4 team. Uh, you know, 9-7 and seven is not what you want, obviously. Mm-hmm. But with this hard of a schedule, if the Bears are competing for a wild card spot, it's not the most unlikely thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll put it this way. You're, as a Bear fan, and I want this percentage to be 
bear fan biased. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's bear fan biased. Percentage. Yeah. That you guys repeat and win the division this year. Um, well, if I'm going to be Bears fan bias, it's 100%. Okay. Realistically, Bear fan bias. Um, I say like 60. Okay. I say it's like 60% they win it again, only because I do believe that of these two teams that underperformed last mm-hmm. year, the Packers and the Vikings, one of them is going to be better. Packers are, the wi- Packers are the wild card to me because mm-hmm. if they're healthy, completely yeah. different team. And if Aaron Rodgers is completely mm-hmm. healthy, completely yeah. different team. And the hard thing is for Chicago is they got to deal with a new unfortunate disadvantage is cannabis is getting legalized. <laughs> yeah. So now we don't have to worry about that until January, mm-hmm. but that does tend to maybe lead to some suspensions yeah. of players. It's like I was talking. At least until the next CBA. It's like I was talking to my mom where because um, she's like at her company. She was like, well. It's going to be interesting because obviously, like, they get drug tested and stuff, and it's like just because it's legal, you still can't do it at the company. And it's the same thing for the NFL, where it's like, yes, it might be legal where you live, but the NFL doesn't care. The NFL doesn't care. You're still an employee of at that. least until the next CBA. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how much that's involved into it because we all know. Is it the Chris Long came out and talked? I think about it was Chris Long. Um, yeah. Related to Kyle Long, I believe, um, mm-hmm. of the Bears, so we'll bring it in that way. But Bear fans, let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section about your team. Is it going to be Super Bowl, Super Bears? Are they going to repeat as the division champs? We're going to be closing the podcast off talking about them next year when we get to 2019. want well, to thank you guys for sticking along with us. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. Help support us. Make sure we can get our new studio and you can join our Discord. Get the MVP podcast early. You can also join podcasts and talk about whatever you would like to talk about. Also, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get into the ears of more people. Helps more people listen to our podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on podcast services around the world, I want to thank you guys, and as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.